0: Hello there, it's Jamila Jamil. Are you by any chance listening to this podcast promo while out on a walk? If so, good for you. That's going to make both your mind and your body feel better. On my podcast, I Weigh, this month, we're going to be exploring mental health and talking to amazing guests about other
1: things that you can do to make yourself feel better with guests like Simon Sinek from The Optimism Company, therapist Vienna Farron, comedian Neil Brennan, and more. Listen to I Weigh wherever you get your
0: podcasts. Hey, are you talking... REM ReMi fans, this is Scott Ackerman. Want to tell you about Lisa before the show starts. Lisa is an innovative direct-to-consumer online mattress brand that is also socially conscious, a lot like the band REM. I mean, they're not a mattress, obviously. I don't think. Are they a mattress? Maybe they're a mattress. I don't know. Who knows? I have, you know, maybe we'll find that out in the show today. Maybe REM is a mattress. But I can tell you that Lisa actually is a mattress brand. Uh, In fact, for every 10 mattresses that Lisa sells, they donate one to a shelter through their 110 program. And then not to mention, with a patented universal adaptive feel, Lisa is designed for all types of sleepers. Uh, Ones that wake up a lot, ones that sleep all night. And now Lisa has expanded its offerings to include the Lisa Pillow. The Lisa Blanket, the Lisa Foundation, and Frame. Try a Lisa mattress in your own home, or someone else's, I don't care, for 100 nights risk-free. Available in the U.S., U.K., Canada, and Germany online with free shipping, this 100% American-made mattress ships compressed in a box right to your door, or you can try it at the Lisa Dream Gallery in Soho, NYC, and Virginia Beach, and over 80 West Elm stores nationwide. Get $100 off when you go to leesa.com slash R-E-M. From chronic to collapse, town and into now, respectively. That is, this is R. You talking REM? Re me me? The comprehensive and encyclopedic compendium of all things REM. This is good rock and roll Uh, music. We are back. Where are we? My name. Remember that song, My Name Is? My name is. My name is. My name is. What do you think about Ari, uh, uh <laughs> What do you think <laughs> about R-E-M? Eminem. Very similar. M-N-M? Yeah. R-M-N-M? That was, isn't that the original name of the band is M? It was kind of a whole tie-in with... Mm-hmm, with the Mars and Murray's company? <laughs> Not just... The Mars and Murray company, but the Times Square M&M store. Store, which have you ever been in there? Amazing. I actually, cool up and I went in there after we saw uh, Springsteen on Broadway. Oh, did I, I tell you about that? I just saw Springsteen on Broadway. You did? Yeah. Let's talk about it. Let's, Let's introduce ourselves first. Sure. Um, you know me. I'm your your friend from podcasts and little watch television shows, um, but I have won more awards. Than our other host. Boy, that's the truth. <laughs> More accolades for my little scene work, um, which, you know what? Honestly, I'd rather be critically acclaimed than popular. So uh, uh, I'm Scott, and across the table from me, <laughs> we have... Um, so would I, Scott. So would Really? Would, would you I. Tr- trade... If we could do a life swap, would you? All of my money for... <laughs> Some Emmys? <laughs> uh, no, of nope. course not. Across Neither of us would switch places uh, with the other. No. Or maybe we would, and it would be a cool body-switching movie. It would be cool. I would. Uh, I'd enjoy having your children. Oh well, they would enjoy. I'd like to be. a I think they would be weirded out if suddenly you were their dad. I'd like honestly. to be a second father to them. Is that is that okay? Is this an official
2: <laughs> an request? official
0: offer? not really a request because I'm offering it to you. I don't want it for you. You know, own. I I could get them in here to talk about how they both groan and tell me to stop when I play R.E.M. in the car. <laughs> really, do they? Aww. Well, na- now it's to the point where they're like, I don't want to listen to R.E.M. Oh. Yeah. Does Naomi do that too? Uh, yeah. Or is she just, what is what is her relationship to music? Have we ever talked about it? We've, of course, been to concerts with her. Yeah. And that's been fun and she seems to enjoy it. Yeah, for sure. I think that at this point with you two and our it's probably similar with Kulop, right? It's like the kind of roll their eyes at certain yeah, things. Yeah. They it's a it's a fun way to make fun of us. Yeah. But I think if if pressed, she would I've I've over the years caught her in moments saying something like, I caught her once saying, I mean, this songcraft is <laughs> really impressive. Wait, are you sure she didn't say spacecraft? <laughs> that may be what she was talking about. She was about. watching the x yeah. <laughs> Um I don't think Kulop would ever put on an REM record or a U2 record. No, like, I don't uh, think. independently. I don't think Naomi would either, just because she's heard it all so much. You know? Yeah, I think Kulop maybe back during All You Can't Leave Behind certainly was – Unabashedly, we went to that show and was like into it. And exactly liked, the same with Naomi. Beautiful day. And yes. then after that, I think kind of fell off and to the point now where it's like, now because we have this show, it's like, ha, 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 you too, huh? Yeah. And like, it's a way for her to feel power over me. Naomi I, has never heard this show. Is Cool Up listened to this show? I, I Not don't this even show, know. but the YouTube one. Yeah, I don't even know. Yeah. But she just thinks it's, she thinks, I don't know. She sexually harasses me at home. Oh, you have no idea. <laughs> she uh, cool up sexually harasses me as well oh no really yeah. <laughs> really mean stuff really mean stuff so your kids they don't they, they what uh what what kind of music do they like um you know whatever's on hits 1 is it do are they uh Old enough to like top forty, or is it still like Radio Disney kind of stuff? No, no, it's like top forty. It's top 40 it Hits seven. one is the serious channel where they play all the like top forty
2: songs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. That, I mean, you know, I like. Oh top well, 40, they're seven. nine and eleven years old. When I was That's that age, was, by the way, nine eleven. It was. <laughs> it was, uh, it was uh, like Huey Lewis and Michael. De- it was yeah. whatever was in Hall the top and Oates. ten. Hollenotes, Hall notes, baby. Yeah. yeah, the top ten. It's John like- Cougar. Mellon camp. Yeah, but at the time... At the time, It though. was John Cougar! Speaking of John Cougar, let's yeah. talk about, uh, I consider the Jersey equivalent of John Cougar, Bruce Springsteen on Broadway. Yeah. So you and I both went to this. Yes. You just went? Because I went about six weeks ago, two months ago? Somewhere I went there. like two weeks ago. Two yeah. weeks ago? Yeah. And let's talk about our opinions of it, because this yeah. is something I wanted to talk to you on the last U2 record, uh, U2 episode, because I yeah. just seen it. Um, I thought it was an amazing night, uh, at the, at the theater. Yeah. I hated it. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, I loved it and I found it very moving. Mm-hmm. Have you read that book? That I, I book? have it, but I haven't read it. Okay. Well, I've listened. I don't know how to read. I listened to, I know that about you. I listened to the first couple chapters, but didn't want to spoil the show. So it didn't end up listening. Mm-hmm. But the show was... Amazing, uh, I, and and the honesty, like he kind of outs himself as a bit of a fraud, like right off the bat. He doesn't know how to sing. He doesn't right. know how to play guitar. He doesn't know any of the he chords. He Doesn't know he what wanted, a there, microphone is. He honestly, he. I mean, that's part of the reason that during concerts he shares with Little Steven so much because right. Little Steven's like, Psst, yeah, come, you, come sing, on, into you that, sing into this. And he's like, what? There's a big part of Springsteen on Broadway where he walks out. He and there are two things on stage. Okay, there's a guitar, yeah. and there's a stool. Yeah. And he looks to one, then he looks to the other, yeah. and then he picks up the stool and starts to try to strum it. Right. It's And everyone's it's, like, boo. No, no. And he shrugs, and he's like, I don't know, man. Yeah. I don't know what either of these fucking things are. And then Patty comes out and takes the guitar. Takes the guitar. is like, this is what's in his hands, pats him on his little butt. A lot of people don't know that um, that's why he divorced his first wife. And started dating Patties because she's the only one who knew what a guitar was. Exactly, um, the Fletch lives woman didn't I can't remember her name right now. The woman in Fletch, Fletch lives. I think it's Fletch. Fletch, yeah. She wasn't willing to just shove the guitar in his hands. She was always like, "Bruce, you're a major rock and roll star. Yeah, it's why I married you. Yeah, hello. Figure this out for yourself. I'm going shopping." And he and he said. Uh, uh, okay, you know where I was born the u s a someone take a picture of my butt like they did for that record <laughs> for that record. <laughs> um, I thought it was I didn't know what to expect when I got the tickets for it um which by the way did you get them through a lottery or no? Okay, so I w- we I think we got them fairly early. We were like after the first week. We were like second week or something because um, we won the lottery to get the tickets, and um, I picked lottery. An, there was a lottery system just to buy tickets. Oh wow! Um, wow. Went for, because it was a shorter run. Yeah, By yeah. the time you can, you probably talk to UTA or whatever and just got them or whatever. Uh-huh. But I, you know, work hard for my money. and I <laughs> pay for things <laughs> myself. Um, but uh, so I had to win a lottery in order to be able to purchase tickets, like the ability to purchase tickets, and I didn't know if they were going to be sold out or what. Jesus. So I picked a weird off night. We picked yeah. a Tuesday, yeah, um, and not the opening week because I was like, opening week's going to be Gross. crazy. Yeah. So I uh, so i I picked the Tuesday after opening night, uh-huh. and was like, okay, uh, at ten a.m. I'm going to like just get the best seats possible, and we'll see what happens. Yeah. We're in the front row. No way. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. So, we're in the front row and I didn't really know what to expect. The other the other interesting thing is as you walk in, I don't know if you had this experience, but every usher is cautioning every single person in the audience, "Do not take pictures yeah. before the show. Don't take pictures during the yeah. show." Um, so, and every once in a while, someone who hadn't heard it would like take out their phone and try to take a picture of the stage and they'd come over and say, put the phone away. You're not allowed to take pictures. Did you, did anyone try and do it during the show? Yes. That's the other thing. And they take a strobe light and shine it on them. They never did it on our show. Oh, they didn't. People constantly to, and I'm, I'm sitting here in the front row going, God, I wish I could take a picture, but they told me not to. Everyone else is, like, constantly, and it's bothering me. I'm seeing, like, lights next to me all the time. They're constantly taking pictures, and no one did anything. Oh, at our show. By now, maybe they are. Someone was taking video during The Rising when he sang The Rising. Mm -hmm. The song about his penis. Yeah. Whenever he sees Patty, the the rising happens. And this guy just walked right up to them and took out this, like, flashlight that had the strobe effect. So I guess Uh it ruins whatever you're trying to shoot. And he's like, get that fucking thing down. And so interesting. Yeah, they didn't only do happened it once during the show. Yeah, it was crazy. But but uh, back to originally before the show, what happened? Everyone is like on their best behavior, not taking photos yet. And suddenly we hear a gasp and a woman scream practically, like not a, ah, I'm falling off the balcony very yeah. slowly and yeah. I've hit the ground. Not yeah. Nothing alarming, but like a, a sh- surprise, a, a, a scream of surprise of yeah. some sort. And suddenly everyone in the audience has their phones out and everyone from the balconies above us is like leaning over the balcony with their phones and we look – behind us and Oprah Winfrey and Gail Uh, is there. (laughs) And I guess a woman like was talking to her friend casually and then like looks over her shoulder and Oprah's next to her and goes, ah, and Jesus. And then everyone is just taking a picture of Oprah. Of course they are. Um, but I didn't know what to expect with that show. And by the way, this is the um show where we talk about the band Hari M. And nothing else. And nothing else. Um and we'll be talking about the uh, Reckoning album. Their second uh, their album. Second album, second Reckoning. LP. Reckoning. Recola. And um they I didn't know what to expect with this show because here's what I thought it was gonna be. I didn't read anything about it or anything. Uh, I thought it was going to be basically like kind of a cash-in in a way yeah. of like, hey, I don't want to pay the E Street Band, so I'm going to just sit down with a guitar and play acoustically. Yeah. And I thought the set it'll would be change. Con- yeah, it's a yeah. concert. I thought the set would change every night or whatever. Right. Um, so I did not expect it to be a very tha- theatrical experience, yeah. which is what it was. With him like doing lines, yeah. Well, um, in order to and, and performing Hamlet, yeah, essentially the entire play, Hamlet, playing all of the roles, all of the roles, Malvolio, yeah, Ophelia. I mean, his Ophelia—it's better than any like professional actor I've ever seen. But uh, apparently, in order to qualify for the Tonys, which of course isn't the only reason he's doing it, the Anthony's. But maybe it is. Hmm. Yeah. Do you think that he's gonna? He's trying to egot.
1: He'll, oh,
0: he's egotting. He, did he, he? He? Did he get the Oscar? He didn't, or did? Yeah, he got. He an did Oscar. for Streets of Philly. Yeah, he got it for Streets of Philadelphia. Yeah. He's obviously got a Grammy. Yeah. So all he, he needs was an Emmy. He might have an Emmy though because Emmys are relatively easy to win, and you can get one like Ex- if he unless you're Adam on, Scott. If if, <laughs> if you perform, if he performed on like SNL or something. yeah, exa- like or like actually you know, normally they win for like. You know, doing a special yes. or something, you know, like a concert special or yes. something. So, so he probably has an Emmy. Emmys are probably the easiest win. So he's going for that Tony, this yeah. mother, this crafty motherfucker. Yeah. He's trying to do the Whoopi. But in order to get that, he's he- making Whoopi. Wait, Whoopi is an egot? Yeah. Whoopi she's, Goldberg? she's one, Yeah, she's one of the few egots. Her, uh-huh. Mel Brooks. Quincy Jones. Uh, uh, good old Quince. Here, I'll look up the egots while you talk. Um, so, in order to qualify for that, you have to actually have a script, like a play. So, it's a full story. It's fully it's, scripted, It's yeah. amazing. He. And do, did you find it moving? Did you think. It was funny. very moving. Yeah, yeah. It was great. And, and when you say that he outs himself as a fraud, there are like. Technically, there are jokes in it where he jokes around about how he is like a rich. Rock star, yeah, he's, never he's been made inside of a factory. He's never had like a real job, yeah. but he's made his money sort of bilking Singing people about out of people. Yeah, but um w- but but when you hear that, you also kind of I imagine I imagine like him up on a big stage in a in a giant arena saying something like that, like like it's shtick. But he was acting it like he was very yeah. into it. Oh yeah, it's yeah, very. Yeah. It, it, it was it, great. It, it was a very personal story. He was talking about his family and all. That. Okay, let's go through the egot winners. Okay, Richard Rodgers, who's that? Uh, he's one. He's a composer who did Rodgers and Hammerstein, who did like oh. Oklahoma and stuff right. like that. Helen Hayes, sure. Rita Moreno, huh? Yes, that's wow. one, of, one of the first ones. Uh, she achieved it in 1991. She was the no, sorry, 1977. She was the third person to how? ever achieve it. The next to achieve it was John Gilgood. You can see how huh. that would, yeah, of sure. course, John Gilgood. Paper chase. Audrey Hepburn. Audrey Hepburn. Audrey Hepburn. Audrey Hepburn. In 1994, she achieved it. Um, I'm not sure how, Isn't but she sh- dead. 1994. No. No. Huh. When did she die? I don't care. Well, you can achieve it posthumously. I guess you can. Let me look up when she died. 1993, you're right. Yeah, hey, there How you go. How do you know when she died? I just figured she died around the early 90s. Why would you figure something like that? Did because it, mean it something seems to you, like she would have – I'm sure somewhere in the recesses of my memory, I remember her dying. Was, did it, was it a meaningful event for you? Yeah, she is – I'm related to her. What? Yeah. We've never spoken about this. You're related really? to Audrey Hep- the The breakfast at Tiffany herself? yes. I'm what it, it was, was my relational. idea to have Mickey Rooney play an Asian person. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good call. Um, Marvin Hamlish, Marvin Hamlish, yep, okay. chorus line okay. composer. Um, Jonathan Tunick, I'm not sure who that is. Who is this? He's a composer, a conductor. I'm gonna look up his old CV, his resume. Um, Jonathan Tunick. Uh, best known for his work with Steven Sondheim, starting with Company. Huh. interesting. Okay, he's one of those dudes. Okay, so then Mel Brooks, of mm-hmm. course, one of the best. Mike Nichols. Oh, wow. Well-deserved for Mike Nichols. Well-deserved for Mike Nichols. Then you got Whoopi. And then you have Scott Rudin. Scott Rudin? Yeah. He got it in 2012. Wow. And then Robert Lopez is the most recent. Robert yeah. Lopez? Robert Lopez from uh, uh, Frozen, the composer, oh. Frozen composer. Amazing. Frozen, no, Frozen poser. Tell me what Whoopi Goldberg's are. Uh, she got for Ghost, obviously. Right. She, 13 Emmy Awards. Um, she, she has 13. She has 13 of this thing that you can't even get one of. From what, The View? <laughs> No, I'm sure... All for one episode of The View. No, I mean, because The View could win every year for... Um, I'm just wondering what she... She's got two Academy Award nominations, Color Purple and Ghost, and she's won for Ghost. I'm sure she's won Emmys for her one-woman shows and stuff. She won a Grammy for Best Comedy Recording in 1985. Sure. Um, She won a Tony as a producer of the Broadway musical Thoroughly Modern Millie. She has received eight Daytime Emmy nominations, winning two of them, and nine Primetime Emmy nominations. For, like, Comic Relief, maybe. Maybe, yeah. She won a Daytime Emmy Award for Outstanding Talk Show Host. Uh, Yeah, she's got a lot. Comic Relief, yeah, all that stuff. Have you ever met her? No. She's super... I hear she's great. Bob and David from Mr. Show uh, said she was a delight on Comic Relief. Said that uh, she and uh, uh, Robin Williams were uh, super great. Oh, really? Yeah. That's cool. No opinion on the other one. Um, (laughs) So he's trying to EGOT this guy. I bet Mm -hmm. he does. I bet he gets it. Wait, Quincy Jones is not EGOT? Quincy Jones is not EGOT. And you know what? That's absurd. This says he never will. That's weird. No. (laughs) That guy should be EGOT. He should be for Mad TV alone. He, wait, did he produce Mad he TV? He produced Mad TV. <laughs> Fucking should have an Emmy for that. But wait, what does he not have? An Emmy? I don't know. I don't have what a person doesn't have on this. This is just Why a list. don't have d- that. That's because you have the because have device, where's but, the have not device? I don't have two phones, one reading have, one reading have not. Why not? You want one of these things? What is it? What do you got? It's not a, a Think Thin bar, right? No, no, no. What what is it you normally eat? The Bono gave you the Think Thin bar. It is a Think Thin. I bar, I still yeah. have that. You still have that bar. one. By the way, you need to give me a copy of the drawing. Yeah, you're still. Right. And you're you, right. you need to frame it and like make it bulletproof glass and like okay. really classy. Okay. Okay. What is this? <laughs> you asshole! <laughs> give it to me. How did it's I get do B D N J really GFB, GFB bite. I don't know. They're really. What's good. the beast? It's not butthole, is it? Yeah, it's uh, girlfriend butthole. <laughs> no, it's gluten free bites. Hmm. But it's good. It's it's peanut peanut butter and jelly. Yeah. Snack. ish. It's good, right? Yeah. It's like it's a bunch of dried fruit.
1: It's with definitely in the
0: neighborhood it. of peanut butter and jelly. Definitely. Yeah. It's like, like it's not like down the street from peanut butter and jelly. Mm-hmm. Everyone loves hearing people eat on podcasts, mm-hmm. right? So. Uh, Springsteen is, he's one step closer to EGOT if he wins it. What does that mean? What does he not have? I would imagine he'll be EGOT if he gets it. Cause I can't imagine he does not have an Emmy. Um, Since they're on. so easy to get. What if he heard. never won a Grammy? <laughs> Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> Bruce Springsteen. Like what is the easiest award to ever win is a Grammy. If you don't have a Grammy, you're a fucking idiot, right? They yeah, give a, like they give away so Barack many. Barack Obama has a Grammy. Yeah. What if he got it? I bet he. All he has to do is think it, and then he'll have all those awards. Um, <laughs> wait, what does what does did you find out what Bruce Springsteen has? I am. Uh, he has an Oscar, several Grammys, indirectly Emmys. What does that mean? Yeah, there has one, or he doesn't. Google, come on. Oh well, I don't know, but okay. yeah, I bet he. I bet he does it. I bet he gets it. Do you want another uh, GFB? No, I think this is obnoxious enough already. Yeah, Us <laughs> right. um, doing this. Um. Anyway, I thought it was a great. Did you go out there just for that, or were you? Yeah, were we you, went. It was. Uh, yeah, we went out there just for that. Where'd you say? The uh, hotel. Cool. Yeah, you didn't just like crash on someone's living yeah, room we, floor. We stayed in a hotel. Where'd you stay? Hotel, man. Whoa. <laughs> I stayed once. Um, this was like December of two thousand one, as I recall, yeah. um, with David Cross, um, and he had he had this apartment, and I got, I admittedly I went out to a bar till six in the morning and got relatively trashed. Yeah, but. His lock didn't work. Like I couldn't unlock it. Yeah. And so I fiddled with it like chick, 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 yeah. noisily for 45 minutes. <laughs> and I couldn't get it to work and then David finally like exasperated at 6 in the morning yeah. he's like opens the door is like here. Yeah. And I'm like I swear to god something's wrong with the yeah. keys like yeah, right. So fucked up in the hallway. I, but at but six I wasn't in the but but it wasn't working. Yeah, I'm sure <laughs> it had nothing to do with you drinking until six in the morning. Yeah, I swear to God, but he didn't believe me either. Um, How fun was that going to New York and drinking till six in the like, that's so fun. It it I used to, I mean, I, I, haven't mean, done that I don't so know so that long. I could do it anymore. No, I'm sure I could. But, but back in my thirties, it was, it was crazy. I remember, uh, did you ever go, I mean, you've been to SNL, I'm sure uh-huh. yeah. Saturday night live. Yeah. Saturday, Saturday, you go to those uh, after parties and then the after after parties. I remember it being daylight. Yeah. Being daylight when I walked out of one. Yeah. Really fun. Yeah. Really fun stuff. What is the latest you've ever stayed up? Oh, I've stayed up um, till at least three in the morning. That beats me. Yeah. How late have you stayed up? 1030 PM. 1030. Yep. What happens at 1031 with you? I, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but like it's like a light switch that goes off. you're just out. Mm-hmm. But what if you're at the movies? Oh, no. I, yeah. I, I always have to take a look at a movie and be like, okay, if this one starts at 1015, yeah. is it going to be over by 1030? Yeah. And I look at the running time. Yeah. And they're usually like, I mean, this might be an episode of I Love Films. I think it might be. <laughs> Hey, welcome to I Love Films. This is Scott, and this is Scott. We're talking about running times <laughs> of movies. Now, what qualifies or wait a second. Are we talking about the running times of films? Oh, what did you say originally? Movies? Movies. Bleh. I mean, barfarama, right? Barf out my dick these movies. Ugh, shooting barf out of my dick. Oh, pff, oh, pff, oh, um, what is the bear minimum of amounts of minutes that a film can be. Are you talking like a real film? I'm talking a real cinema experience. Sure. Well, when I think of a, a cinematic experience, I mm-hmm. think of, like, mm-hmm. Lawrence of Arabia. Yes, um, The Codfather. The Codfather. Uh, the aforementioned Chaz. Chaz. These or movies. Or the super big guy. What the was Super it? Big Guy? <laughs> super Big Guy, which is I think that movie Super Big Guy aka Chaz. That movie is like 3 hours and 45 minutes. That, that's one of the longer movies that you'll ever see. Uh, because they really know how to milk the tension. That's what makes that, it good. That film, I have to say, a lot of the scares the in that film, the Super Big Guy? The Super Big Guy yeah. are about what you didn't see. Oh, listen, it's it's it, you know why? Because when they were making that movie, the shark didn't work. It didn't work and then and then they were like, okay, well, how do we uh you know polish this turd? Right. Stefan Spielbarg, he had to figure out how to shoot around this shark. I'm not talking. Just wasn't sh- working. Shooting barf out of your dick. We're talking about shooting <laughs> film. Right, (laughs) celluloid. Oh yeah, real film. Panavision. Real film. Seventy millimeter. Cinerama. Let yes. uh, Film cameras. Canisters. Canisters Oh, canisters. How many reels? How many reels is a perfect film to you? How many reels? Is perfect for perfect me? Perfect for you. 19. 19 reels, minimum. Reels. Minimum. That's the perfect length to me for, you a, know, a, for, a, joke. Comedy, for a comedy. for A joke I like to say sometimes, if it ain't 19 reels, it ain't real. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this has been I Love Films. Pretty good. Solid. Solid. A solid entry in the canon. Of episodes mm-hmm. of I love films exactly. <laughs> um, why were we talking about films? No, I, don't know. I don't know. We're here oh, to we're ta- talking about how you can't stay up past ten thirty. Oh okay. yeah, never have, never will. We are talking. Can a- I say one thing? Yeah, talk, say one thing. The other night, make it good though, make it count. I went to see Star Wars, right? the Phantom Menace, the Phantom Menace re-release. Mm-hmm. And remember when they re-released that in 3D? And yeah, it's no like, one went. Hey, that's one more dimension of shit. Yeah, who <laughs> it's would, like, would go you, to that? Would you re-release your turds? Right. <laughs> As in three, who, who would want to see that fucking movie in 3D? So I saw it like three times. Me too. It was great. It was amazing. And the thing is, the other night we went to see uh, the you Last take, Jedi. You take the. Uh... The chili Chillins. I took my son for the second time in like three days, and he's and he's not too scared by it. Uh, the Last Jedi? Mm-hmm. No, he's into it. Yeah, I think the first time we saw it, there were a couple moments he was like, I don't know how. And the, you know, uh, I remember when I was growing up, f- f- uh, Star Wars films were like PG, yeah. which back then my parents had to. It meant something different. They were like, is this okay yeah, for exactly. PG but, was a kind of wide berth of Yeah, movies. because some some movies like Bad News Bears was PG and yeah. it showed tits and N word is in the trailer for Bad News Bears. <laughs> it's insane. I know. It's crazy. Um but um so a PG thirteen movie, how do you judge I think kids well, a Star Wars? Everything movie, is market that's, mar- that's the thing. Everything is marketed. Towards kids, anyway. So, like a a Marvel movie or a Star Wars, they're all yeah. PG thirteen. Like Star Wars movies are PG thirteen, but there isn't one curse word. In- it is weird when Luke he he's talking to Yoda in that film. Yeah, and Yoda yeah. is like you, you know, doing the. I'm not yeah. even going to presume to do yoga. <laughs> That's really good, Thank a really you. good yoga. Thanks. But um, so Yo- <laughs> he's talking to yoga, and he's <laughs> he's like. Is that what you've been saying? And he's like, he's like, Yoga, I'm so dispirited with the force and all yeah. that. And Yoga's like, you know, no young Skywalker. Young it is. Young Skywalker. And then, and then um, Luke just says like, suck on my balls. When he turns around, Luke turns around and he looks at the camera and he goes, can you fucking believe this? Can you this? fucking believe this Idiot puppet. Mark Hamill Pru- was great in that movie. But listen, mm-hmm. the thing I the other night we went to see this movie. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sit down in our seats, ready to watch the movie. Sure, that's prime movie seeing territory. Seats. Seats. <laughs> you sit down in them and you're ready to go. <laughs> that's step one in the movie watching process. Put on the old food glasses. Do you did you watch it in fidd? Uh, the first time I saw it, I saw it in a regular. Mm-hmm. Second time I saw it, IMAX Thrid. Wow. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. Okay. I, I would mean, go I see it again in Thrid. I don't care too much for Thrid. I know. And I, you know. neither did I really, but sometimes I like – like I uh, I went and saw Force Awakens. I think the fourth time I saw it, uh, May the Paul force Shear be and with you. I went to IMAX, Universal, just specifically because we both wanted to see how it was in Thrid. Wow. I once went to Avatar, IMAX, yeah. 3D, yeah. Universal yeah. with Paul, yeah. Aziz, and I believe not Rob Hubel, one other person – and each of us fell asleep at different times Really? Of Avatar. That's yes. a long movie. It's also a boring one. I, I like Avatar. Oh, cool. You're, yeah. the, you're the demographic for that. That's right. You think unobtainium is very smart. Oh, man. They couldn't get it. It's unobtainable. <laughs> it's, a, it's a weird coincidence. <laughs> um, so you saw this and what is your story? Because you that, that, just that you went no that this fucking we were sitting there and the at a place like Universal the commercials and the trailers mm-hmm. it's a they have half commercials in the middle of the movie hour the yeah half an hour half a full half hour of fucking shit a, a that fucking you have to sit through. it's crazy because when you see it at like the ArcLight they they. Take that they take most of it out where it's like ten to fifteen minutes at most. Well, no, but it's it's a they actually have a limit. I think it's only three trailers per. Movie. Per at our yeah, because they don't yeah. want you sitting there for a full half hour. I yeah, mean, it's insane. Good fucking lord. Anyway, that's, that's your always, story. That that's the the entire story. Oh wait, also, just kidding. That was it. It's pretty good. I gotta admit. I gotta gotta, gotta give it up to you. You know what? I'm gonna write it down. Oh, cool! And I'll repeat it word for word in the next episode. (laughs) Okay, good. Okay. (laughs) Speaking of the next episode, we have to take a break on this episode. Good segue. This episode taking a break. Um, When we come back, we're going to continue our discussion about the R.E.M. uh, album Reckoning and uh, we're going to go track by track and we're going to talk about the background talk about the passion you know about the passion we'll be right back with more are you talking R.E.M. Remy after this break Hi, podcast fans. Hi, podcast fans. Hi, podcast fans. (laughs) Um, Spotify is making it easy for you to stream this podcast and quite honestly, many others like it on your mobile device, desktop app, and smart speaker. Just open up the app on your mobile device or desktop, click on the browse channel, and then click on the podcast section. Easy peasy. Spotify. You'll be able to stay thoroughly entertained during your commute to work, during your drive home, during your downtime now, all thanks to Spotify. Thanks, Spotify, and hi, podcast fans. Hey, pipe down on the old drums. A little loud. A like Bill strawberry. On. Another bell's number. We're back. This is you talking R.E.M. Remi and um, we're talking about R.E.M., of course, a uh, band, uh, rock and roll band, certainly. Sure, a rock and roll band uh, from America. That's all from I know about them. the United States of America, even. Sure. That's one little bit of trivia that I found out. Is, Did America is sometimes referred to as the United States Well, there are of several – no, there's several America. There's a continent, North America. There's a continent, South America. You're right. So, you're right. Sorry. Uh, the United States of America is where uh, the band Hari M is from, um, but I'm not sure where – so they're there. not from South America. They are from North America, specifically, but specifically the United the States United of America. States. Yeah, but I'm not sure which state they're from. It's okay. All right. Um, we'll hopefully get that information to you on a on a flash drive. On a flash drive, <laughs> yes. Not a not an episode in the future. No, no, we're gonna figure this out in between this episode and the next episode. And who, whomever is listening to this, just send a self-addressed stamped envelope. To uh, the Oprah Show, um, that address that they used to have on o. at o. the end, Box, P O Box, P 5-7. Oprah, P O Box, yeah. um, okay. and we'll send you a flash drive with all of this information yeah. on it. It'll have the, it'll have one word on it, and, and sometimes two. It may be two. We don't know. Yeah. Some states are. Well, a, it'll name, have it'll have the name of the band. It'll definitely have the name of the band, and but then, it, and then the state, the name of the state. Which can you name every state that has two words in it? In uh, which in the United States of America, sure, New Hampshire, that's one. California, that's two. Uh, not New York, not no. New Jersey, no. Um, Vermont, that's three. That's it. That's and it. you got Those them are all. Are the three, you yeah. got them
2: all.
0: You know your states, Yay! my friends. You know your United States of America trivia. Can you tell me something about the United States of America? Mm -hmm. Can you name every state that starts with an A? Uh, Connecticut. Yeah. Uh, New Mexico. Yeah. Uh, Colorado. Thank you. You're welcome. We did it. We did it. We... Did it. Who, is te- who dares text me? Oh, look at that. That's the old... Uh, Ball BNC. and you Oh, yep. shit. Apparently uh, going out to get drinks and leaving me home alone like wow. Macaulay Culkin, like Kevin McAllister. Who I I watched that movie night before last. Did you? Really, I've watched it recently myself. And you know what? The one thing I feel like they kind of didn't do in that movie? Good movie. Really good movie. Up. I will say he's never home alone in it. It's true. He's kind of there's always kind of someone there. There's always someone like he has a roommate during a long stretch of it. Yeah. Who's like he get like Kevin McAllister gets home and his roommate's on the couch like, oh hey buddy and yeah. Kevin McAllister rolls his eyes like like eating Cheerios and <laughs> taking bong rips. And playing video games yeah. and stuff. And that was weird. That was a strange like midsection of the movie. I but, feel like act one Beginning of the movie for non-Hollywood people. Sure. Uh, Idiots. They should have had him when he's there with his family in the whole beginning of the movie. They should have like planted that he likes building things or he's into engineer something. They should have also – Because it kind of comes out of yeah. nowhere that he's building these complicated contraptions. Yeah, it's like his character – in fact, there's a line early on when they're like, Kevin, and they're mad. And he's like, oh, man, my brother's being mean where he's like, I hate building things. Yeah, it's really it's weird. weird because then later he builds things. He builds things and he presumably loves it. Right. He also is like, you know what else I hate being home alone. Yeah. I know. And then that happens. And it ha- it's crazy. It's a crazy movie. Um, but probably one of the best in the world ever. Ever made. Wow. We d- I think we just did an episode of I Love Shit. Films. Shit. And we didn't even know. This it. is a double ep. We didn't even know it. Let's just do a quick beginning and ending of okay. I Love Films. Hey everyone, welcome to ILO Films. This is Scott. This is Scott. Okay, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Good ep. Great up. Retroactively, a great up. Speaking of great up, it would not be a great up of this show if we did not continue talking about the band. and uh, Jesus Christ, (laughs) was that for effect? Adam was leaning across the table trying to get water, which I've not had a single liquid. Do you mind pouring me Oh, no, you're going to be constipated. (laughs) 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 Aw, Dad. Um, Pour me a little bit of that. uh, You know what's weird about constipation? What's weird? Is that I know that people don't like it. Like, by and large, people are like. By and large, uh, people are like, constipation, take it. I don't like it. I like it. I like it. Huh? It's fun for me. Me too. I kind of like the way it feels. It's, I don't know what it is about, I don't know whether I'm a weirdo or if I just well, like well, have mental problems. We all know problems. you're a weirdo. I, or I have a certain psychosis or something, but I love it. I love it. I love it. Oh. I don't even – not even that. Not even straining nothing. I just like sitting with it just feeling it. Just feel, and just being like, oh, God, I have to shit, but I can't. I can't do I it. I can't do it. I'm unable. I love it. It's so fun for it's me. It's the best. Let's continue talking about R.E.M. And yeah. by the way, something I noticed on this uh, in our last episode, I I uh, have bought this book, R.E.M. Talk About the Passion and Oral History – and check out the cover of this book. This is something I I've had it for uh, not even twenty four hours, but I just noticed the cover of this book. It says an oral history, and take a look at where they where they put it on the cover of this book. I know they put it dick level on Michael Stipe's uh, picture. He's my. This is a picture of Michael Stipend, and he's like sort of th- in an arty Thusting way, thrusting forward, thrusting forward a little bit, and they put an oral history right at his Johnson. That's kind of disrespectful. Can you tell me when the year that photo was taken on the cover? Okay, well, let's see. He's got a cowboy hat, so it's got to be probably Mm post-1700s. There's sky and ground. Mm -hmm. So this is after the Big Bang somewhere, definitely. Sure.
2: Sure. Um,
0: I'm going to go probably... 33 A.D., around when Christ was crucified. Yep. Cool. Cool shit. Anyway, very disrespectful to the band. Um, I think they had a good laugh. They were having a laugh like uh, Ricky Gervais would say. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, I bet when our Hariam saw the cover of that book, they were like, hey, uh, Denise Sullivan, get your mind out of the gutter. Yeah. And random house or whoever. Yeah. You'll be uh, hearing from us soon, and you'll know it's from us because uh, it'll look a lot like a subpoena. And it'll be set to the tune of Everybody Hurts. <laughs> <laughs> you have been subpoenaed. <laughs> All right, let's get to oh, boy. let's get to reckoning. Oh, uh, yes. they okay. second out. I mean second one album. year later, they come out with this. And I su- miss when bands would put out records every year. Me too. Hashtag me too. I'm going to clear that one. Strange, (laughs) strange uh, Uh, submission into that uh, hashtag. But uh, uh, not only was it one year later, but sophomore slump. You know, everyone thinks, "Hey, the second album, second album, they've run out of songs." But guess what? This This album, as this book said, is a solid follow-up with no hint of a soft more slump. And further cements the band's reputation in the guitar rock pantheon. Okay, that's a little much. That's, that's who who wrote that? And it, it's said like it's a fact. No, the, Reckoning is incredible in many ways. Let's listen to Let's it. Let's listen to the first track. This is Harbor Coats. I mean, this is unbelievable.
2: You I mean,
0: feel so much more alive than Murmur did. I mean, Murmur is beautiful in its own way. This is just a different... Mitch Easter and Don Dixon uh, produced this again. They produced um, the previous stuff. I mean, it's mostly they live were, in the studio. They were trying to capture what they sounded like live. Oh, there you go. All right. Um, the chorus hasn't even happened yet. Hasn't even happened yet. Typical to REM, they, they're saving it until about a minute and a half in. Dollar Bill Strawberries just destroying in this song. This one, no clue what they're talking about. I, but oh, it does not. What matter. is a harbor coat? Here it is. Good shit. Yeah. damn. Um, you know what's interesting is they 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 were trying to capture what they sounded like live. A lot of people in this book, and a, a lot of the interviews in this book are from uh, contemporaries, people in bands mm-hmm. like uh, the Dream Syndicate and and bands like that who toured with them a lot. Yeah. Um. Probably there's five instances where people, and including oh by the way, uh, Robert Lloyd is is interviewed in this book, who's a, who's a now he's an entertainment writer who actually has interviewed me uh, for LA Times for the LA Times, yeah. but he was working. He was the music writer for the LA Weekly uh-huh. uh, at the time, and he he's he's uh, one of the first people to write a lot about uh, the band. But uh, was a, he at Village Voice at the time, or I don't? LA I think he was in LA okay. because he he the, I uh, interestingly enough, he doesn't say. I was try I was looking for that, but uh, he's a cool guy. I was very surprised to see him quoted so much in there. But he and a bunch of people say that they heard either Chronic Town or the first record and were not impressed. Really? Yeah, they were like sort of cold on it. Um is or, it, or is it because it was so hyped within no. like music critics? A lot of people say like I got the first single South Central Rain, everyone was like talking about it or whatever. I heard it and didn't think it was that good. Or other people were saying I was such a big fan of them live and then I heard these records and thought they were lame. Oh wait, South Central Rain? You mean like they heard the single from this album and thought it wasn't going to be Sorry, good? not South Central Rain. Uh, uh, Radio, Radio uh, for it, Europe. Sorry, 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 sorry. So they just sorry. thought this, they're not capturing the live, That's how great they interestingly, are. That's and, and I love Chronic Town and Murmur. It's so hard to say. But it's so hard to say. But it's, there are studio creations, certainly. Both of those Yeah, so I don't know. It's interesting because— Maybe it's just because they were so used to the live energy of the band. They were an incredible live band, so maybe those sounding so kind of constructed— Thin or something? Because this sounds fuller, but I think the other ones have uh, more energy. But let's hear Seven Chinese Brothers. Oh, my God. um, Which is track two, and this is a classic. I love this song so much. This because I got dead letter office. Yes, first. let's talk about. It. Voice let's hear of a little. Harold. Let's hear a little bit of it before you yeah, yeah. interrupt the it. you.
2: You're down, welcome. Just it back your
0: I've been walking around singing this all day, by the way, and the only part I can discern is the title: Seven Chinese wow. Brothers. And then I stop, and then I I go for about ten more minutes, and then I sing it again: Seven Chinese Brothers.
2: Seven Chinese Brothers. Swan.
0: That's a great Amazing. one. So we, you were saying... So on Dead Letter Office, they have a song called Voice of Harold, which is Seven Chinese Brothers' backing track. Backing track, yes, but, but before- then he's singing like stuff off a menu, or, or he's singing gibberish or something. Yeah, it's before he had written the lyrics, so he was just... Doing right, a guide we- vocal. What we call in the business of acting as a guide vocal. Sure. But he's reading the liner notes of a gospel album. Oh, right. And... So I, I can, that, that's what I was used to. So it's so still so, and, and because of what we've talked about on previous episodes, you got Dead Letter Office as did I before picking up Reckoning. Right, uh, you're more used to those lyrics than you are Seven Chinese Brothers. Well, now now over it's the years. so. But yeah. for a long time, I was like, right, this sounds weird. I remember when I first got Reckoning, I was like, oh yeah, I like this song. I must have heard it on the radio, and yeah. not putting it together of like, oh no, you've heard it on Dead Letter yeah, Office. You're so you fucking dumb, shit. Um, can, do you have voice of Harold there? Yeah, I do. Do you want to hear a little bit of that? Let's no. hear. Get another yes, text. please. Here we go.
2: His own composition. On
0: and so on and so on. Yeah, so he reads all these. He reads from this. Uh, minor notes. Gospel. Um, Amazing song. Seven Chinese brothers. Beautiful. Based music. on the book uh, about the, you know, the old book. Uh, what am I talking about? Old folk folktale? Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Anyway. That's, no, that's some, of the, some of the trivia that you'll Truly get on this not. show. Uh, this is, uh, now we go to uh, the next track, which is um, one of their biggest singles, South Central Rain. Yeah, classic. Do you feel like people who don't really know R.E.M. probably have heard this song, I don't right? think so. I think, I think R.E.M. has probably eight songs that everybody knows and this is not one This is not.
2: Because
0: I think for most people the knowledge of R.E.M. started with this one goes out to the one I love or it's the end of the world as we know it. Yeah. Now, this this one, of course, has him saying, I'm sorry, and it was uh, the, the parenthetical is, I'm sorry, because I think they realized it could be kind of a hit because it's actually intelligible what he's saying, well, I'm sorry. Yeah. And this, like, sort of hit me as a teenager of, I don't know, it f- seemed romantic to me. Yeah, well, of, it is. Like, you know what I mean? Being like, I'm sorry, like, you know, bearing your – at the time, the romantic, like, sort of idea of – you you were into someone and you had to apologize for it because they didn't love you back. You know, that's what it sort of was saying to me. That's interesting. I mean, I didn't really get a handle on the lyrics until I heard the live version that's just Peter Buck on electric guitar and him singing that goes into Red Rain. mm. And then, no, it starts with, it starts as Red Rain and something else, and then goes into South Central Rain, and he- hes you could really hear the lyrics there. They're amazing lyrics for that song. Have, and I think it was a little bit of like a college radio hit at the it, time. This was a hit, yeah. And and what I was describing, that kind of relationship, is how I feel about you, by the way. Oh. I'm in love with you, and I wish I you love would love me back, but I'm apologetic. Well, wow. This is, oh, it was time after time, into uh, Red Rain, into uh, South Central Rain. Uh, Ugh. All right, this is Pretty Persuasion track four on side one. Another Stone Cold classic. He's saying "God damn," is he? God damn, yeah. That's against no, my religion. Yeah. I don't like that. I know. Let's stop. Uh, let's stop this podcast. Okay. I don't. <laughs> goodbye, I don't, everybody. I don't, goodbye forever. Um, amazing song. Really, uh, it does the, these songs again. It doesn't sound like they're stop from 1984. <laughs> <laughs> but pretty persuasion has always kind of oh, hit me oh, as turn turn him down. It's it's hit me as like. Uh, a real kind of all the way down, please. Radio sound God, up. okay. So anyway, sorry for everyone. <laughs> all right, turn him up a can little. You <laughs> can you hear me now? Can you hear me? Where are you saying it doesn't does sound it, like what's on the, the radio? Is it the chorus for P- Pretty Persuasion? Like, really? It almost sounds like um, I don't know. Just that a, chorus. It, does it remind. Like, it reminds me of another song. Well, but it sound It's so kind of. Straightforward Mm -hmm. for being such a kind of enigmatic band at the time, you can't really tell what they're saying. She's got pretty persuasion, Mm -hmm. sounds like something that's pretty straightforward, John Cougar, the pretenders, or some big uh, eurythmics or something, yeah, psychedelic fur, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that but the rest of Joplin, there's just something kind of uh, interesting about it that it's coming from them, and it's always struck me as, as more of a down the middle, chorus. It's like, it's for such it's, a, it's one of these look if you're if you're in the world series, and I hope someday that you are, by the way, Adam. Oh, I'm still trying. I have we talked about this on the show? I think that you will one day play on a World Series team. In like in baseball. Yeah. All kidding aside. All kidding aside, I think someday that you will end up. I know that, you know, currently you're an actor. Um, but I still think that one of these days you're going to get signed to a major league team and you will play in the in the, the, the great show. I don't even really know how to play baseball or <laughs> have any interest know, in it. I know. And I know. I, that's, the, that's what's so weird about it. I know that. I don't even follow baseball at all or any sports. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. How many strikes before you're out? Three. Adam, you play baseball. No, but you need more knowledge. That's than all this. you need to know. You're going to get there. I Honestly, I have no ambition. You're going to get there. To, but what okay. I was trying to say is right. when you're in that big game, if you see something right down the middle, like Pretty Persuasion, yeah. Hit crack, it out of crack, the, crack of the bat. There's no way I would be able to hit one of those balls. You're going to do throw. it. You're going to do it. I have no interest. You're going you no, to. If you were up there with a bat in your hand and you get a pitch right down the middle, are you going to lay down your bat and say, I have no interest in this? Well, of course not. But I just don't see myself being. Actually, I did throw the opening pitch at the Dodger game once. Really? When did you do that? Got it right across home plate into the catcher's mitt. Did you really? I sure did. I had to I had to pitch uh on Comedy Bang Bang for for a scene we were doing and mm-hmm. everyone was like, "Do you think you can you Right, or whatever?" And right. then whoosh, heat right yeah. down the middle. See, it's not hard. It's not that hard. I was on I uh when I was uh, 8 years old, I was a uh, honorary mascot and I went out and tipped my cap and uh honorary uh honorary mascot for For what? the daughter, for the Dodgers. Seriously? Yeah, and that was the '78 Dodgers with uh, Steve Garvey and Ron Say and all them. And I got wow. I got a ball with all of their uh, autographs and all that kind of Did stuff. Did you throw it away? Yeah, yeah. fuck that. Yeah, I hate baseball. Stupid. You're, you're going to get there though. I um, <laughs> I uh, I was in little league and pony mm-hmm. league as a kid, mm-hmm. actually. And, and I you- was I was not great, but I I I can see why you would think I would go all the way with it and mm-hmm. make it to the big leagues. Definitely. And when you say pony league, you mean. Like the song "Pony," like like. Uh, You're yeah. a pony. But also, I was wow. on a team where I was wow. the only human. Wow! 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 Really interesting. That's Is cool. It? That's cool. It, it was cool. Let's hear track five. Um, so far four tracks. We talked about this on the last episode, but um, there's only ten tracks on this record. Yeah, it's, and so it's a little bit shorter. Yeah. Uh, so you, you got to make them count, right? Sure. And so the first four. Hit, 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 hit. Yeah. Um, whereas if you're in one of these aforementioned baseball games, you get four hits. Someone's across home plate. Scott, you have to stop it with the baseball thing. It's not going to happen for me, and I, I, I don't Look, want it to. Can happen I be honest? Yeah. I put a bet on you in Vegas that you're going to be in the World Series this How year. How much I money ne- did you bet on this? Because I bet everything I have, Scott. I bet. Uh, I bet eight hundred thousand dollars, Scott. I need you to. Try I, to get signed onto a, a baseball team. I don't Please. know why you would do something like that. I don't know. It was crazy. I just one day I, I got in my head. It wouldn't leave my head. I was so like, now gonna I have play to baseball. go and yes, start this whole process just so you don't lose yes. everything. Please or give Good me the Lord. money or give me the money. I. I'm not going to give you 800. It's your 000. fault. Oh I thought you God. could do anything. I oh idolize you. I look up to you. This is crazy. It's crazy. I know, and I'm I'm a dumb shit. I admit it, but I need you to do this for me, man. Okay. Okay. All okay. right. Fine. This is track 5. Time after time.
2: Time after time. By the way, that
0: snapping was Adam. That was not <laughs> R.E.M. Aren't dumb enough to to do that? Have loud snaps? Now wait, how? When was Cyndi Lauper's "Time After Time"? I can tell you because it was the first song I ever slow danced to. Ooh, boner! I smell boner. boner. Al- yes, you smell boner. Boner alert. <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately on someone's leg. <laughs> um, it was, uh, I, I was in eighth grade and it was popular then, so it must've been 1983. So it would be right before this. Huh. Um, yeah, I know, weird. It's like calling, I, I it's once- a huge hit, time after time. I once um, had a friend who gave me his brother's record and um, he's like, oh, this is my brother's demo, check it out. And I looked on it, I was like, oh, cool, they do a cover of eight days a week? He's like, no, that's an original- <laughs> Oh, that's not a great idea. thats I mean, that's worse than... Like, Love Me Do. No, that's our song. (laughs) Um, Time After Time. How do you like Time After Time? You know what's weird? Okay, so Time After Time is atypical, right? It's kind of a weirder song. It's not their typical um, song. And in fact... do you know the the pavement song "Unseen Power of the Picket Fence"? Yes, that's, uh, about, um, R-E-M, that's right? about R.E.M. That's uh, about R.E.M. The lyrics are flashback to 1983. Chronic Town was their first EP. Later on came Reckoning. Finster's art and titles to match. By the way, Finster uh, is the Howard artist. Finster. Yeah. Hard Finster did the uh, cover to it, which was I read today. Um, he was he's very unassuming. He was sort of like, oh, they said they want snakes, so I just started making them cloud snakes. Yeah, and then he was like, I made something else, and they didn't like it. I wonder what that was. I don't know. He said, and he was like, I used to have it somewhere. I don't know. Maybe I've turned it into a pillow. This may be the best impression. I've never heard him speak. It sounds it, like what he would sound like. I, there, I, there used to be a gallery on Melrose where up in their upstairs room where they had nothing on display, there was an Howard Finster just up against the wall up with a bunch of other paintings just kind of off in a corner. And mm. I used to just go pick it up and look at it. Just pick it up where they let you touch it. I was, I was not able to purchase anything. Uh, uh-huh. I, if, I knew, if I knew where that was now. If you knew how rich you would be now, would you have purchased it back then and been like, fuck it. I don't care. I'm going to be rich in 2018. Yes. <laughs> anyway, let me continue with this. South Central Rain, Don't Go Back to Rockville, Harbor Coat, Pretty Persuasion, You Were Born to Be a Camera. Time After Time was my least favorite song. Time After Time was my least favorite song. Wait, who said that? This is the lyrics of the Oh, really? Song. Yeah, he did not li- like that song. And that was a sh- kind of common view, is that that's the weak link on the album. Oh, really? Uh, and I, was it a single? I can't recall. No. no, that's some another song I'm thinking of. But I don't know, I like it. Oh, I, I like it a lot. Although, I will say, again, that live version that links that, Red Rain and, and South Central Rain, is what got me into Time After Time. Before that, it was always like, Something I would skip. I, it's one I, w- I, when I first hear it, I kind of go, "Oh, is this the the song I don't like?" And then it's such a good melody that I end up singing along. I also think it's not a bad like end of a side song. Yeah, it's, it's a, now sequenced in a ten like a ten song CD. It maybe is like, oh, I would have put that a little later, but when it's just at the end of a side. But it's also four fast, energetic songs, and mm-hmm. it's really pretty. Let's, um, let's do – but I think in, in general, Reckoning is a really dense album. It took mm-hmm. me a long time to live with it before I got really into Reckoning, and now it's one of my favorites. Having listened to it today a lot and over the past couple of days, it's um, it's great – something about it and uh, something about it I just don't like as much as, uh-huh. as, Mama. as Murmur as right. Mama it's a very different album than Mama. I don't know but it has similar types of songs you know what yeah, I mean yeah like, it just feels I think it feels it just feels grander it's just a let's hear a little bit of, si- of track one of side two this is second guessing before we take a break okay um see the very similar feel Very, very much live songs. Songs to be played live.
2: Be good, good
0: All right, let's go to a break. When we come back, we're gonna get through the rest of these, uh, the other four songs, and then there's a ton of B sides. Cool. <laughs> what? Cool. Fuck you, man. See you then. Bye. <laughs> In two ten seconds. Hey everyone, want to tell you that the Andy Daily Podcast Pilot Project, yes, it's back. It's coming back for season two. I talked about this on Twitter the other day. People were so excited to hear about it. Season two premieres March 8th on Stitcher Premium. Every single episode, if you remember the show, is a pilot for a brand new show hosted by one of Andy Daly's amazing characters. This eight-episode season includes pilots from returning characters Dalton Wilcox and Don DeMello, and then you have new characters like Joe Bongo, Gill and Gally, and you have shows from the past like a long-lost pilot from L. Ron Hubbard. For a free month of Stitcher Premium, all you gotta do is go to stitcherpremium.com slash Andy and use the promo code Andy. <laughs> welcome back this is letter never sent this is track two of side b of reckoning aka track seven of ten and this is amazing i think yeah this is great You got to get to your courses faster. I can't play all of the song. You know, Pretty Persuasion and Second Guessing, I'm kind of trying to put my finger on it. It's like party music. They're not the deepest songs. They're both just, it's kind of like 1984 party music. Yeah, they're, and I mean. I, yeah. I, I love them, but they're more kind of frivolous in a way than the rest of the, the album is really melancholy and, deep, even the faster songs. But those two right. are just kind of party songs. Now, there, I mean, a lot of these songs were written... Around the same time as the songs on the road. On, and, yeah. yeah, you know. Um, uh, I, I've listened to some early gigs where they're playing songs from this before the record has come out, yeah. you know. I think Don't Go Back to Rockville goes back to the very beginning. Mm, yeah, um, we'll get to that in a second. Um, we're talking ab- about Reckoning, the second record, which I it, you're right. It's not a sophomore slump. I don't like it as much, uh-huh. but it's not like some... Records like, I don't know, say MGMT's second record where it's like, ooh, boy, you guys just wanted to do something totally yeah. different. Or it, even U2's second record. Yeah, you know, kind of, which blows. is like, honestly, Bonobos, we hope you're listening to this. Yeah. And we sure that you is. are. I'm sure he is. Um, your second record sucks. Yeah. <laughs> 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 that you worked super hard on when yeah. you were 20. And honestly, like, you suck because your second yeah, record yeah, yeah. sucks. yeah, generally, yeah. <laughs> but, um... It's it's like up there near Murmur to me mm-hmm. uh, because the songs are so great. It's just, yeah. for some reason, I like Murmur better. I don't know, but it's it's a great record. Let's hear Camera. This is track eight or track three on side B. I love this song very much. This It's about the thing that captures Adam's performances. That's right. In shows such as... A Shitbox. box. <laughs> when the front
2: room green becomes your special boy. It was simple then When the party
0: I tell you, they are the kings of like sort of um rock and roll? No. Of uh <laughs> verses where you're kinda like
2: Yeah, pretty I think yeah. I don't
0: know. I'm not sure about this song, and then it and then the minute the chorus kicks yeah. in, it's like, oh, oh you wow, motherfuckers. Oh, yeah. That song is about a friend of theirs that passed away. They passed away, yes. The what what was her name? I don't know, but she was a photographer. I think she took early photos of them. Mm-hmm. She died in a car accident, I think. Um, It's a beautiful song. Beautiful song. Good Lord. And um, the next song is, it's odd because this is one of their biggest hits. And to have it be track nine is a little kooky. It's cool, though. It's cool to have like a big old A big old honking hit. Big honking classic. Just like, you know... I can't think of another like. What if Aerosmith put "Dude Looks Like a Lady" as you know track number? Well, now you're talking crazy. Okay, I'm sorry. I don't. I don't mean to. Don't fucking talk about that song. Okay, I'm putting it anywhere near the bottom of anything. That is number one. (laughs) Number one with with a a bullet. bullet. It's an amazing song. Incredible song. Incredible video. Lyrically, (laughs) oh yeah, it's maybe problematic. (laughs) Lyrically, I think now <laughs> in today's climate today's it climate would, go people over would be a really little well. it would yeah, people really would love well. it. Really well. Okay, so this is track 9. This is Don't Go Back to Rockville and um, one of the best. Yeah. Looking at you watch the time waiting in the
2: station for
0: I think they take a while to get to the chorus on this one, too. The one thing I will say about Don't Go Back to Rockville, which is maybe why they put it on track nine, is production-wise, it's not the classic sound necessarily. It sounds almost like a a different style for the. I hate to say it's, like a joke or a novelty song yeah, but it's, it's kind of like country yeah, it's, in a way it's, 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 it's a little that and it's really loose it's really loose and then but then the chorus comes in and it's one of the best choruses yeah. they've ever recorded so I think that's why they released it as a single that's why it was huge yeah. but but hearing it back I'm a little like I, I can tell they were sort of like I don't know. Yeah, like maybe towards a the B-side. Yeah. yeah, you know, like it made it on the record in their final tour. Uh, Mike Myers sang lead on this. Oh, he did. Yeah, and how that go over? It was great. People booing. Everyone walked out. No, it was <laughs> it was awesome. that's undeniable right there I think that's I mean why it became it's a long song it's weird it's like four and a half minutes I mean for for them yeah which is which is maybe another reason why uh, the record was only 10 tracks maybe yeah it's it's. Uh, four minutes and 55 seconds. Don't That's, Go Back to Rockville? Yeah. It's weird. Yeah, it's a little, uh, it's like- uh, But I think it, it was, I think you're right. I think they were just fucking around kind of. Because also, Don't Go Back to Rockville, they had other versions of it that weren't country-ish. This really? was just this- Have you heard those? Yeah. Or, 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 I'm trying to think of, like early live versions, it's oh, not right. like that at all. Right. It's more- just a fast R.E.M. song. But, I mean, at the time, because R.E.M. was like, who knew what R.E.M. was? It just was like, oh, this pretty song. So it wasn't like, this is weird. I have an early live version or a cool. reckoning Let's hear, the ne- Let's hear the next song. Okay. This is... Um, <laughs> well, if you want to play it after we finish this to see if it's country, right. or not. Okay, this is uh, the final song. Do you song. know what I mean? Like, I was just thinking of comparing that. <laughs> <laughs> this is Little America, the track 10, the final song. <laughs> uh
2: Wagon, the wagon is the noisiest, the consular horse. Jefferson, I think lost. It's Reference weird.
0: Their, to, their, to their manager, Jefferson Holt, at the really? time. Yeah. What are they saying? Jefferson, like Jeff- I think Jeffy we're lost. Holt, you're Jeffy the Holt, best. Jeffy Holt, you're our guy. <laughs> <laughs> it's strange because I technically like that song, but yeah. I could not pick it out of lineup. Oh really I don't it's yeah. one that has never stuck with me I've never been able uh like I it's the classic REM sound I yeah. like it time I hear it I go this is cool I will never be able to yeah. I couldn't even tell you uh you know it better than I do I'm sure yeah but I like I like that song. I think overall it's it's interesting going through the album I think overall murmur was stacked with mm-hmm. amazing it's like soft and this one's like I mean, they're all great. Um, I love the sound of this album. I love yeah. the live sound of it. I like some of the B-sides better than oh, some of the Oh, what are some the of the B sides? Let's go through some of these. This is um, this is one that I was not familiar with because it wasn't on Dead Letter Office until it came out on the Complete Rarities. This is just a touch. Well, this is on Live Search Fadge. Oh, okay. This is, but it's a, very different. Than this this is a live, yeah. This is a live version from this era, live in the live in, in the, the studio, studio yeah. live in the studio.
2: This is great.
0: So, a version that I was not, uh, yeah. It's very familiar different on with, Life's Rich Pageant, um, but one that comes from this era. These are the songs from Dead Letter Office that. Um, are from B-sides of Reckoning Or were recorded at the time of Reckoning And these are ones that Some of these I like a little better than some of the songs This is Burning Down Love this song This is a great song This is I love I, I would have put this on the record Me too It sounds A little too similar to Harbor Coat though, right? Fuck it Do you think it's Like a reworking of that same no, song? No, no It's a reworking of a different B-side it is? Yep. Yeah. Which one? Yeah, this song. It's a great, it's great. It's great. Let's get to the chorus, though. Does it go in? No. In Yeah, that's uh, great. Peter Dollarbill on the liner notes of Dead Letter Office says that um, they got tired of it. (laughs) Like, how could you write that and be like, "Eh, we got got tired of this shit. So let's not – let's bury it until 1987. (laughs) Yeah, bizarre. This is Wind Out. Uh, which is is this a, a written by them check those check those notes this is it's out. one of their earliest one songs of their, right. in the summer of 1980 crazy this is another like party song I love this song. This is from the Bachelor Party soundtrack. He and, and, and and in my notes he says from an from a movie that will remain nameless, like yeah. they're ashamed of it. That was a great soundtrack. Yeah, it was. Uh you got R. E. M. you got a Boingo a lot of the IRS records, uh hit makers. Ah. Whoa, is that <laughs> Is that a little clip from the Hitmakers uh, radio show you used to be a part of? <laughs> that's right. It was an episode of Hitmakers, but that's not a uh, sub-podcast. That's not Oliver's sub-podcast. This is Ages of You, a different uh, B-side. This, this, is, this is the remake of uh, Burning Down. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. This is maybe my favorite R.E.M. song ever. Yeah, this one is... I can't believe they did not put this on... The album, it's unbelievable. They, he says they got tired of this one too. Is that what he says? Yeah, on there? this is crazy good. You hear oh, good. you hear uh, recordings of their early shows, and when that chorus comes up, everybody is screaming along with. Like it was a huge, for as far as fans go, it was a huge. Yeah, song. it's insane. They're they're stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I I've never thought this about someone that I've admired so much. Yeah. Collectively, yeah. But they're dumb. So dumb. <laughs> That's, I love that song. And Me too. Well, I, I, they probably were just, I mean, you get like, there's probably stuff you've made that you're just like, eh, and people love it. I, pretty much all of Comedy Bang Bang. <laughs> <laughs> that you're like, eh. yeah, and people love it. Yeah. Um, okay, let's get to f- uh, they did two uh, Velvet Underground covers. We talked about uh, the Velvet Underground last episode. They did two more covers. Pale Blue Eyes is the first. Sounds like they maybe just played this once and recorded it. Yeah, after. they played both of these right after the other. The way I've always loved Dead Letter Office, it's just the roughness. It just sounds yeah, like You hear the tape hiss. Yeah, it's great. It's a lot like, you know, watching The Jungle Book and that snake in it is just going to get that hiss. Yeah. He's changing the lyrics apparently quite a bit. Love how they turn it into a bit of a country song. Yeah, it, it's it, great. it ends. Maybe uh, let me let me play the very end because it it turns uh, country at the very very end um, in a way that the, I just assumed that's what the song was you know when I first heard yeah. it uh, but it's it's definitely not the way the Velvet Underground did it isn't this the one where uh, Peter Dollar Bill says that he can't even remember playing the guitar solo He's so uh, waste- hammered. He just says it's a sloppy solo. Oh, it's um, King of the Road, where he can't, yeah. can't remember. That was real pretty, that he says. That was real pretty. And this is the other uh, Velvet Underground one that they do. Femme Fatale. Yeah, this is great. Uh, oh, man. I used to brood to these songs huh. in high school. What would you brood about? Girls? Girls? The TV show. <laughs> <laughs> About how popular it was going to be? Yeah, I was like, I, I just know it.
2: She's going to play for a
0: So good. It's great. Um, it. You can get all of these on Dead Letter Office, and some of them are uh, bonus tracks on... Uh, other stuff and then let's get to the last two these are two kind of curiosities they end dead letter office this is walter's theme uh and king of the road and oh the, these are just them hammered fucking in the around they, yeah they're yeah. very drunk king of the road ended up being a b-side off of this uh, this version of it this version of it really yeah. it oh was like God. a b-side off of i have it in the book right here off of south central rain i'm sorry it was the B-side to it, but um, this is Walter's theme where they're doing a. It's like an advertisement. It's a barbecue place that they they were just doing a commercial for them just for fun, and they were hammered. He said, if there's any justice, Roger Miller should have been able to sue us for what we did to King of the Row. King of the Road, which is next after. The, both of these songs go into one another. I love every second of this, by the way. Yeah. So they continue on like this for a while and then I like ju- it when they just stop. They just kind of stop and then they they go into King of the Road, a really sloppy version of I Yeah, that's part of the previous song and then And that's it. No, they this, continue. <laughs> you were like, no, they continue. And you can hear Mike Mills doesn't yelling the chords out, right? And you can. E. Michael Stipend is not quite sure what key it's in. Yeah. C. He might be, like, just speaking Spanish. I think so. Say si, Because si. someone was like, would you like a taco? <laughs> si. um, I, um Can I tell you a story about listening to I this? Can I just point out one no in the ass thing on yes. Dead Letter Office? It, all the songs are listed in alphabetical order. Yeah, the that's, a, yeah they're like, such these such are the B-sides, the and they list them in alphabetical order. So I was listening to this record, and I think we talked in the first episode about how R.E.M., much like the Smithereens, who, by the way— the lead singer of The Smithereens passed away since uh, we recorded the first really? uh, episode. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, uh, we're recording mm-hmm. this a while ago, uh, depending on where you're hearing it, but it just happened. What happened? Um, he was alive, and then suddenly he wasn't. <laughs> um, That's but, awful. Yeah. Uh, what was their big hit, that big hit they had in, like... 19- Blood and Rose. No, the big, like, mainstream hit. Well, that was had. that was their big hit. Oh, I know. What you, the Blue... Blue, whatever. Just, uh, I'm looking at you, or something. You have a great voice. Yeah, thanks. That was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Smithereens and R.E.M. were two bands that I felt like I could listen to around my dad, and he because uh, they were sort of ro- rock based. He liked Elvis and you know the beach boys and the beatles or whatever that was his era and then i felt like like i remember i watched i had a tape of the smithereens playing a concert on MTV that i would watch and he came in and was like wow this is really good mm-hmm. because he was used to walking in and it was the smiths and him making fun of it but r e m this was a this was a record that i was playing once around my dad and he was really enjoying it and then now in the in the liner notes peter dollar bill says that this was recorded at the very end of a long alcohol-soaked day, and I can barely remember cutting it, right? Yeah. Okay, so I knew that. I'd read these a lot, and I was currently I, and I This came back to me as I pulled out this record today. I had this out and was reading about each song as I yeah. listened to it, as I would every single time I listened to this record. I would read along with the liner notes. Yeah. And so I knew in my head that they were all drunk while they were doing it. Yeah. And then my dad is listening to it, and he knows the song King of the Road. I'd never heard it before. Right. And he's like, what lyrics are these? They're not doing the lyrics right. Yeah. And he then, like, sort of was intimating that they were, because you couldn't understand what he was saying, that they were doing, like, like, offensive lyrics to it or something. And he started getting kind of, like... What is this? You know, in that sort of like churchy, judgmental way. You know, and I couldn't say no. They're just drunk. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) like that's the defense, right? Because then R.E.M. would not. be Then I would not be able to play them. You know, because like uh, for instance, uh, they, you know, they would search my room sometimes, and they, they, yeah, and they once found a Frankie Goes to Hollywood record in there, and that I don't know if you were a fan of that record at all. Okay, I'm a big fan of that record, but the the art inside of it is like all dicks really? <laughs> it's all like just pictures of dicks everywhere Amazing. it's really funny and they found that once, and it was just like, what are you listening to? And I was like, no, I know. I bought it, and it's offensive, and I'm throwing it away. I was like... I hate this. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Was Um, it um, the the big album with, like, Relax? Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is, you know, all all about coming.
2: That's amazing. um, But
0: there's just, like, it's it's a double gatefold sleeve with just, like, pictures of dicks everywhere. Amazing. Um, But, um, yeah, it was one of those ones where suddenly he got very, like, protective of, like, what are you listening to? Is this going to corrupt your mind? And I couldn't I couldn't say they're drunk dad they're drunk It's so funny that a person could listen to that song and not know that they're drunk Yes <laughs> like that they're just fucking around It sounds like the dictionary definition of drunk people. Here's what I could have said. I could have said, oh, it's their B-Sides record, and this is them just messing around in right. the studio, and they don't know the lyrics. Right. But instead, I know they're drunk, and I'm like, oh, God, like, I'm going to be found out. He's going to he's going to grab this from me and read it. So is he forever against R.E.M. after that? No, I don't even think he remembers yeah. it. Weirdly enough, um, I found out later in life that he likes Dire Straits. Really? Yeah, like brothers in arms. I guess era? so. Or yeah, I got him a best of Dire Straits once because he said he liked it. I also got him U two uh, the How to Dismantle once oh. because they were undergoing that renaissance of like, you know, we're everyone the, likes U two yeah, now, yeah, yeah. and he was kind of like, oh, my first U two record. Okay, well, and that, yeah, and that's a real like rock, rock and roll. Yeah, I don't. Th- he probably didn't like it. Um. That's the end of the reckoning era, as we know it. <laughs> um. So, did I? Th- there, there was one uh, appearance that uh, Michael Stipe made on a uh, contemporaries record, uh, Jason and the Scorchers, um, "Hot Nights in Georgia." Do you want to hear yeah. any of that? Do you know that I just I no. read about it in this book, and so I bought it today. Um, But it's uh, pretty good, I think, if you can fucking stall for me. Otherwise, uh, I'll just keep this talking. This I heard about the president and all of his oh, God. tweets that he says, <laughs> and the newspaper was – I'm enjoying uh, this actually. OK. Here we go. This is Hot Nights in Georgia – All the other southern bands are like this. this is like southern rock. This right. is classicism. Actually, weirdly enough, this band I read about them and they're—it's they're, a little like Uncle Tupelo or something, oh, where it's yeah. like you know a revival of these yeah. classic sounds. Um, and REM's like, I'm sorry, <laughs> yeah. but wait till the chorus—he starts singing on it. Also, Peter Buck plays guitar on "I Will Dare" by The Replacements.
2: Oh. Yeah. There you hear him. It
0: It makes it sound a little more like an REM song that I would like. I can't, (laughs) I can't hear him. You can't hear him. He's singing "Hot Nights in Georgia." So, So that's the same era as Reckoning. Yeah, that's uh the same the same era. It's huh. it, it it happened at the same time. Peter Buck on I Will Dare and Michael Stipe on Hot Nights in Georgia. Huh. They also uh, um, did a bunch of other shit. Yeah. Did you ever watch Left of Reckoning, the video? Yes, the film? Yes. I've never seen it. How is it? It's, a, it's just a, a music video that lasts half the album. Cool. All right. That's our show. <laughs> um, it's that early REM, like, really artsy-fartsy. Yeah, they you – know. oh, by the way, they would, they would not uh, – Michael Stipend would not lip-sync – For the was it South Central Rain? Yeah, so that that version of South Central Rain on uh, Eponymous is the music video version with a new vocal track because he sang it live in the music video. And have they ever released that? Yeah, it's on Eponymous. Oh, it's that's the live vocal version. Yeah, Yeah. and it is. It's a nice version. It's a good. uh, It's a good. All right. Well, the the music track is the same. (laughs) Okay, Um, that's it for this episode. Next. Next episode, we're going to take on uh, Fables of the Reconstruction, oh, Yeah, which I'm looking forward to because I have not really listened to that record all that much. Oh, you should take the time until we do the next episode and get yeah, into it. Yeah, of it's, course I am. That, that, that is an album that takes a while to get into, though. Well, I'm going to listen but to it. But it rewards repeat listens. All right, we'll see you next time. <laughs> Fuck you. Fuck <laughs>
2: you.
1: Hi, I'm Cameron Esposito, and I am so excited to bring the latest season of my show Query, to Earwolf. That's right. Earwolf is now Queerwolf. On Query, I've interviewed some of the brightest luminaries in the LGBTQ community. That's what it is. It's like a hour-long chat show like a WTF with me and another queer guest. I've had musicians Tegan and Sarah Quinn of the band Tegan and Sarah, actors like Jeffrey Boyer Chapman and Evan Rachel Wood. I've had transparent creator Jill Soloway, activists like Madden Lopez. The season premiere is out now with special guest Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Listen and subscribe to Query Today on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Earwolf.com. This has been an Earwolf production, executive produced by Scott Ackerman, Chris Bannon, and Colin Anderson. For more information and content, visit earwolf.com. Hey, queeros, it's me, Cami Esposito, and I'm here to tell you about my podcast, Query. You can sit in on hour long conversations between me, Cameron Esposito, and some of the brightest luminaries. In the LGBTQ family Query explores individual stories Of identity, personality, and the shifting cultural Matrix around gender, sexuality, and civil rights Plus it is fun We have had some incredible guests uh, Emmy winner Lena Waif? Yes, definitely Congressman Mark Ticano, you bet L Word creator Eileen Shakin, yes President and CEO of GLAD Sarah Kate Ellis We definitely have We've got celebs People like Trixie Mattel, Evan Rachel Wood Tegan and Sarah, the band, and the people separately on two different episodes. We also have activists and changemakers in our community. I think it's a one-of-a-kind show full of chats you have never heard before. It's identity, it's community, it's Query. You can find Query every Monday on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.